All right, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Welcome to the podcast. Every day on this podcast, we deconstruct, decode, illuminate, and enlighten ourselves on faith, spirituality, and the realm of the paranormal. What is up, everyone? This is a live, raw podcast, so feel free to tip Drop some love in the comments, whatever you guys feel like doing. Question, comments, prayer concerns, I appreciate all of them, as well as the support. We're going to be jumping back into the Apocalypse of Adam today. This is a beautiful Gnostic text straight out of the Nag Hammadi Desert, uh, found around the 1940s. Um, It was made of papyrus, found in uh, jars of clay, according to the legend and tale of it. Uh, I wasn't there, so I can't corroborate any of that. But I do, um, I do know that that's the uh, the story that goes. So uh, you can go look up the Nag Hammadi Library. Um, it's a, a whole set of Gnostic texts that uh, purportedly the Church did not want included in the biblical canon or in the uh, culture of the Church. So um, with that, they were kind of hidden away, buried for for millennia. And uh, now we are finding them, or we have found them in the last hundred years or so, and uh, began to decode them, translate them, figure out what they say. And uh, I think it's pretty cool because we just get a whole different point of view uh, rather than what we have kind of been force-fed out of the construct. So I'm all about that, guys. You guys know that. Um, as we jump in today, we're going to be picking up um, in the part where we've been introduced to the name of this Demiurge, this uh, Yaldabaoth, this Yahweh-type character, uh, who in this text goes by the name Sakla, S-A-K-L-A, which is uh, you know very kind of a imposing name. I like that name, uh, especially for this type of entity, so it sounds like a good comic book character there. Um, and we've heard about the illuminator, this great illuminator of knowledge. We've heard that Adam is talking to his son, Seth, reminding him that, Hey, the entity that created us is not the, uh, is not the source is not the true knowledge of where we came from. Uh, but rather it's something that, um, we've had to go under, uh, slavery with, and, uh, that's been an issue obviously, and that, uh, knowledge was lost the eyes were darkened. The vibration was lowered, as we say, into the 3D world. So what's up, Lost in Space? How are you doing? Love, heart, welcome. Ronnie, welcome. Jason T, welcome. Devlin Jones, what's up, my friend? I hope you're having a beautiful day. Uh, thank you guys for joining. Um, so anyway, again, this is a text that you're not going to hear in church. You're not going to hear in temple or synagogue or anything like that, because again, it is a Gnostic text. That doesn't mean it's not true. That doesn't mean it is true. That doesn't mean it's good, bad, ugly. That just means that this was a belief system at some point in antiquity that people had, and I personally align with it a lot more than what I've been raised with out of the church. So uh, that's why I really enjoy reading these Gnostic scriptures. So uh, let's see. Angel Processing says, uh, I, like you, listen to others and explain according to your observations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that's kind of how I approach it is this is just what I observe, what I've experienced, my point of view, my humble opinion. Um, so we welcome all in love, light and unity here, no matter what walk of life, faith, tradition, race, orientation you are, we love you as long as you're here in authenticity, uh, just to continue seeking on your path. What's up Indigo Starseed Angel Processing Club says, uh, some pages just eliminate your perception. Yeah, absolutely. And there are uh, plenty of scriptures that, you know, kind of do that and they limit our perception. And so it's good to really look at a lot of different ones, try to understand a lot of different points of view and ultimately have our own experiences with the divine. That's what I'm all about here. Um, and I think we should all be seeking deeper. So as we jump in, I'm kind of in the middle of this. You can find it in public domain all over the interwebs. Um, it's called the Apocalypse of Adam from the Nag Hammadi Library, and there's some official sources you can find this as well. Um, I think there's a print version with all of the documents in it, but this is just kind of the public domain one that I'm reading from. So, once again, for the third time, the Illuminator of Knowledge will pass by in great glory in order to leave something 
of the seed of Noah and the sons of Ham and Japheth to leave for himself fruit-bearing trees, and he will redeem their souls from the day of death. For the whole creation that came from the dead earth will be under the authority of death. But those who reflect upon the knowledge of the eternal God in their hearts will not, will not perish. For they have not received a spirit from this kingdom alone, but they have received it from an eternal angel illuminator that will come upon blank, that is dead, blank of Seth. So there's, again, blanks in here or dot, dot, dots, and that's where there's text missing, so we don't know what was originally there. Uh, and he will perform signs and wonders in order to scorn the powers of their ruler or the god of this world or this Sakla. So um, let's see. Uh, I have not heard of him, Diego. Thank you very much. I will check out uh, his work. I've, I've done a lot of work or uh, read a lot of the work um, from uh, like Eric Von Daniken, um, the other ones, uh, the, a lot of the uh, ancient astronaut theory stuff. So um, I have a bad echo. I'm not sure why. Um, it's just on an iPad. You might actually reload your app. If anybody else hears an echo, raise your hand. Let me know. Uh, it may just be the stream right now. God only knows. It's literally just an iPad. In fact, uh, on TikTok, you're not even hearing this. If you guys want the hi-fi audio version, like the, the good quality radio audio here, um, that's going to be on my YouTube channel as well as Apple and Spotify. So this is going straight over to the podcast. Um, and then some of these other platforms like Facebook and uh, TikTok are just on uh, the tablets that they're on. So uh, anyway, so let's see. Okay, no echo for me. So it's just you, SoFlo. Just you, my friend. Sorry. You might leave and come back, see if the echo is gone. Uh, it sounds like it's probably your tablet or your phone. Um, anyway, so yeah, this Gnostic text is... You know, there's there's a pretty big point in the Gnostic text to prove that there's a god of this world and an illuminating, um, you know, race of extraterrestrials or an illuminating entity or angel, whatever you want to say. So, um, angel processing says I'm the same. I think it's the base we have with teachings and past experiences and upbringing. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of that is like the need to deconstruct for me was very, very important, or I couldn't even teach, talk about, even experience this point of view because I would have been so afraid to look at Gnostic doctrine because, oh my gosh, it's not, it's not good Christian theology. And, uh, honestly, I, I don't care about any of that anymore. I don't care what you practice, what race or faith or religion or orientation. I've said that before, but I mean it. Um, to me, none of that matters. Like that's not what this life is about. It's not about, uh, those, what we call the three dimensional identities. It's more about our spiritual identity. And that's really what my channel is about. I support you in whatever physical identity or three dimensional identity you choose. Uh, but again, I believe the ultimate reality or the authentic reality is behind that veil in the spiritual realm, the spiritual truth about who we are. Um, and so ultimately that's what I've experienced. This is not coming out of anybody's book or any, you know, pre-programmed thinking on this. Again, this is literally, I opened up my heart and my mind and asked source for the truth. And it was granted to me in this form. I'm not saying I have the whole truth and nothing but the truth, but I do believe that what I'm sharing is resonating deeper with a lot of people than, uh, what some of these pre-programmed belief systems have come from. So, uh, knowledge of being able to see the whole picture. Amen. Absolutely, Angel. Um, and so that's really what this illuminator, for the third time, coming around, and, and I imagine it as like a planet coming by, and, and illuminated extraterrestrials are getting off that planet. Or there's an energy due to planetary alignments that energy comes around or had had come around for the third time at this point god only knows how many times it's been around since then you guys can take this literally esoterically paranormally spiritually 
You can take it within the religious construct, however you want to read into it. By the way, I think it works all of those ways, but it just depends on what conclusion you're going to come to. So magic words, asking source to guide you is what I'm doing and it's working. Yes, absolutely, Angel. And that that was like literally the, the moment for me where poof, everything like a, a switch flipped in my ethos and uh, things that I thought were real came crumbling down. Uh, I lost a lot of things in my life, um, a lot of personal beliefs, a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of my business. Um, and here I am doing this. I mean, I've gained back, like, I think a really beautiful thing here uh, that's going to take me to some amazing places very, very soon. I mean, you guys have no idea what's coming. In fact, I don't even have an idea of what's coming, but I know I've manifested a lot of beautiful things. I know I'm believing on a lot of beautiful things. And I know I have that feeling in my heart of a lot of freedom, a lot of travel, a lot of connection with others, a lot of being a guest on other people's shows, a lot of having people as a guest on my show, meeting some amazing people. And I already have. And so like I have this big, big heart for what I'm doing. Um, with that said, it's not always easy because this is the type of information that ultimately is scary for people. Um, because it, it doesn't have attachment to any type of system to move forward other than everything you know is, you know, a construct and the only thing that can save you or guide you or illuminate you is within you. That's a scary place to be ultimately. What's up, Annie? How are you doing? Um, hey, absolutely. Angel. Angel says, I'm trying to point that out to my Christian friends and they don't see it. Still hope. Uh, here's the beautiful thing about this, um, and this has been hard for me. Uh, those that don't see it, that doesn't matter. They're in their karmic cycle. They're in their walk. They're in their incarnation cycle. Um, we are at our point in ours, and the only thing we can do is love them. It doesn't mean that we're better or worse than they are. Ultimately, it is just a place of love. That's where we have to approach it from a place of love. Um, and if we do that and we just focus on those people as they are us because we've been there, I've been there, you've been there, we've all been there, that's the best place to be. What's up, man? How are you doing, uh, Battle Axe? Thanks for being here. Uh, thank you. Let's take the scare out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then Quantum Crisis uh, is the revelation of Adam the same book as Apocalypse of Adam. Uh, I have no idea. They, there's a lot of these little books named different things. Um, I've never heard of the Revelation of Adam. The Apocalypse of Adam is what I'm reading from. Uh, do not know what the Revelation of Adam is, but there's hundreds of these little books. So, and they're like two pages long. So it's not like you know we're reading, uh, you know, Exodus or something like that. So um, honestly, I don't know. You would just have to look at it and then kind of cross-reference it. And again, they're scattered out there. So. This is just one that I found that I really liked and felt like it had some validity and some authenticity as far as the antiquity of it from the little bit of research I was able to do. There's not a lot of info on it, but, um, and as we continue in it, it says, then the God of the powers will be disturbed saying, what is the power of this man who is higher than we? Then he will arouse a great wrath against that man and the glory will withdraw and dwell in the holy houses which it has chosen for itself. And the powers will not see it with their eyes, nor will they see the illuminator either. Then they will punish the flesh of the man upon whom the Holy Spirit came. Hmm, what does that sound like? Who does that sound like? You know, we have this narrative that I grew up with in church that we're sinful, horrible people, worms in a bucket, literally. And thank God for Jesus, because he took the wrath of our loving God that should have been for us. And guys, that is literally, literally what I was taught growing up. And I can't imagine a more traumatic way to view things, to view yourself, to view your God. Uh, somehow that fear is supposed to push you towards salvation. Um I don't see it. I've always struggled with it. I've never really understood it. I've tried to accept it over and over and over. And it's put me in a dualistic mentality in a really negative place in my life for years, for the better part of 30 years of my life. 
Um, as I deconstructed from that, I'm 37 now. It's taken me a very long time to come into agreement that I am beautiful and loved and I'm enough. Um, who I am is in the source. I am a part of all. I can serve with no expectation um, and sit in a place of repose in the moment, um, ultimately not judging anything, just observing that's the life of a yogi. That's the place I want to be in because it's that place that I remember as a child that I could be at my grandparents' house in the backyard and watch a squirrel on the tree. And I was in this perfect, beautiful place and nothing freaking mattered beyond that moment because I was with God. I was one with God. I was in the Father and the Father was in me. And in that moment, nothing could take that away from me. And so for me, that's that's where I sit with this. Annie Logan says, child's faith. Yes, absolutely. And the only way to attain that as an adult is to literally let go of everything. You let go of worrying about the finances, let go of worrying about the marriage and the kids and uh, being at the work week or construct or whatever. And again, I'm not telling anybody to go quit your thing. But what I am saying is for me, I had to. I had to rebuild a complete life that was built around me getting to do the most important thing to me, which was continue to explore this. I'm a, one of the few brave people that does this publicly. Not a lot of people explore their own spirituality publicly. And I'm, again, I'm not telling anyone to do that. But for me, I had to get myself to that place. I see what the other side of that is and i see how everybody's working for the weekend right we know that song um and so f with that i don't i don't know how i could have gotten there any other way that's just for me again i'm not telling you to do anything but uh quantum says um i'm extremely i share extremely similar beliefs with you uh, my girlfriend is very religious though any advice uh, she's a seven day, seventh day Adventist, by the way. I don't know a whole lot about that, but I do know that any construct, I don't care if it's Baptist, Methodist, seven day Adventist, um, you know, Mormon, fundamentalist, non-fundamentalist, evangelical, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's, it's all coming from a belief system and it's all coming from a doctrinal dogma. Um, and I'm not saying that that's bad for people at a certain point. Um, again, for me, um, my wife is not at the same place as I am with all of this. Now, she does support what I'm doing with this, but she's not. she doesn't practice the exact same things as I do. I the, again, it's a personal walk. The life of a yogi is not about making sure every other person around you is meditating, doing yoga, praying, doing everything the way you are. It's about you and your source connection to God within it and your pouring out abundance for others. And ultimately, um, we should focus on igniting the light within us, in my humble opinion, and less about what other people believe around us. Now, I can't tell you what to do with your girlfriend. Uh, I can't tell you what to do with your spouse or significant other or whatever. But at the end of the day, for me, I try to focus more on me, not as a uh, egotistical thing, but ultimately I can't change anyone. I, the only way I change anyone else is I change myself. I change my perception of them. I change how, um, I actually live my life. So yeah, absolutely. My friend yoga of the one mind, y'all go check out yoga of the one mind. My good friend over there. Um, love has no religion. He says, uh, except everyone, no journey is more or less valid than another. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so go check out Yoga, the one mind, good friend of mine, uh, beautiful channel, very, very insightful, great understandings over there. Um, and ultimately, as I've been learning, and I completely agree with you, my friend, uh, love has no religion. Like, that's my religion now. People are like, oh, are you not Christian anymore? I'm like, I'm a devotee of Jesus. I love his message. I love his path. I um, believe that I can manifest the light of God within me and ultimately that that will save myself and others. Um, that's how I approach it. And ultimately love is literally all that matters. And I'm not talking about the Hollywood version of love. I'm not talking about that, that version of love where it's like, Oh, let's all just hold hands and sing Kumbaya. I'm talking about fierce love that says, 
that man in the ditch is my brother, that uh, a woman that is homeless is my sister, that um, person that's struggling with their own faith is me because I've been there. It's literally me at a different point because you add time and space and then we have the illusion that we're all separate anyway within this three-dimensional reality. And so the Bhagavad Gita talks about stuff like that, the Dhammapadas, the Upanishads, uh, lots of Eastern mysticism there. I love all of that, but we see that in all these Gnostic texts. You have like more of the Eastern mysticism working its way into uh, this kind of pre-religious construct, uh, not even pre-religious, but they're kind of justifying everything else that's been going on and you have a lot more of that mythology type stuff. Like it feels very Greek to me almost. Um, and, and I don't, I'm not an expert on it. I don't know if it is or not, but that's just kind of how it feels. It feels more like that mythological spin on it rather than the Eastern mystic spin on it. So yoga, the one mind says the real love, the love that holds no record of wrongs, the love that sees through the illusions. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, yoga, the one mind says, appreciate that, bro. Yeah, you bet, man. Absolutely. Um, and maybe we can do a live together one of these days soon. That would be really rad. Um, cause I know my audience would love, love what you're doing. So, uh, I'm religious about my spirituality. Very good. Miss Kula. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if there's anything to be religious about spirituality is a great choice, right? Um, because we can build that into our day. We can make it important enough to, for it to be our religion, right? Like that's an, that's a cool way to go about it. I like that. So, um, that is awesome. Uh, Angel says, I go to the casinos late at night and feed the homeless. My job to do here for source. Hey man, my brother, that is awesome. That is awesome. Or my sister, I can't tell from your profile picture. Um, so whatever you identify as, amen. Thank you for, for doing that from all of us. Um, and I think that that's, uh, Oh, uh, I carve wood. That's my meditation from battle ax. Uh, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. Um, you know, I think I was watching a TV show the other day, one of my favorite TV shows, uh, the newer one with Tim Allen in it. And one of the characters in it um, was so committed to his job. And he's the younger kid, kind of looks like Shaggy. If you if you know what show I'm talking about, you'll know who that character is. Um, and he was just working at his job. And on his day off, he would go into his job and stock shelves and drive a truck. And he was like, oh, it was such a relaxing day off. He's so committed and so devoted to that job. And I love that. Like, I love that bhakti feeling of like, you're committed, you're in love and devotion to what you're doing, the people you're doing it with, um, to really life. And and if you have a, a guru, a master, uh, again, I'm a devo devotee of Jesus, um, then you look at how he taught and, and how he did things, um, and you're devoted to that. You have that, that love and devotion for that. And so that's what I loved about this character in that show. Like, he was just so committed to the job and the people that it was like, it was like this therapeutic thing for him to just be there and like even on his day off and honestly I've had jobs like that before where it was like it wasn't even this fulfilling thing like it fulfilled my identity it was just like I truly loved what I was doing I truly loved being there as much as possible and being a part of it you know I used to work in theater and so that was just a very deep part of me like uh, even though it could be exhausting at times I just really loved what I did when I got to do that and um so, and, and that's how I feel about this. Like I, I deeply, deeply enjoy what I'm doing here, uh, without expectations. I get to just go live and enjoy this. And that's, that's a really, really cool place to be. So, um, anyway, thank you guys for the likes and for all the love. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Yoga, the one mind. Thank you, Joe, for joining. Uh, thank you, Angel. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Bethany says, I think you know more than you let on. Thanks for what you do. Thank you, Bethany. I appreciate it. Um, if I know anything, it's because I allow myself to know. It's not because I've read any particular thing or follow any right or anything like that. Um, and so a lot of people, I, I get that comment almost every time, like, like, oh, where are you getting all of this from? And like, literally, you have access to everything I get this from. You can channel stuff directly from Akashic Records, from Source, from different uh, consciousnesses all around time and space. 
um, we're just so amazing and we, we forget that. And that's what I love about this document is, um, this is my favorite line. Then the God of the powers will be disturbed. You know, what is that? That's the God of the construct, the God of this world. It's the Yahweh, the Yal, the Baoth, the Demiurge. It's the Sakla. It's the whatever, the evil creator God, the one that made all of this for his own pleasure. Um, and whether you believe that literally or esoterically and you view it as like the God of the flesh and what we manifest because we're in the flesh and we create our own gods and that type of thing, that's perfectly, I think, valid as well. Um, and so with that said, like, I love, love, love that line, the God of the powers will be disturbed, saying, what power of this man who is higher than we? What is the power of this man who is higher than we? Now, uh, you can see this easily, I think, as Jesus. You could see it as the Buddha, as Krishna. Um, Krishna was more of like the incarnation of God. That mythology is like telling of when God like actually manifest in that form. You know, with Jesus, uh, the popular opinion on him is he was God in the flesh. But I think he came to tell us that we're all God in the flesh and remind us of who we really are. And it's it's basically him in here, in my opinion, uh, the great illuminator. What power is of this man who is higher than we? And, and you got to remember Sakla or this God has these other powers with him or other entities. Um, and so Adam is literally telling his son, we are higher than the God that made us. Merle Cantrell says, I agree, bro. Merle, what's up, man? I haven't seen you in forever on a live. Welcome, my friend. Um, have you read Pistis Sophia? No, I have not yet. I have not. That's on the list as well. Um, DJ says, hi, everyone. What's up, my friends? Uh, Connie says, uh, what is your thoughts on A Course in Miracles? Love ACIM, by the way. Um, in fact, I think it was, yeah, it was Yoga of the One Mind that uh, introduced me to it. Um, and I've been, I'm about halfway through it right now. And I, I mean, honestly, I really resonate with it. It tied up a lot of loose ends. I think that like all of that information is really present through all the ancient mystic teachings. Um, and it does a really good job, I think, of tying it up in terminology that if you're coming out of church, like especially out of the church construct, it's really easily digestible, like to understand that you are the one and only child of God. Um, and so I kind of cross-reference that with my Gnostic belief systems and like my uh, uh, Eastern mystic belief systems to kind of come to my my deeper understanding within. So Two Bulls, what's up, my friend? How are you doing? Uh, Merle says, new work schedule. It's hard to keep up anymore. I totally understand, man. Well, welcome. It's good to have you here. So real quick, just so I don't have to dump a bunch of ads in this after the fact, if you guys love what I'm talking about and you want to go deeper with me, I teach my own methods um, in a course called Charisma Light Warrior Academy. So if you want to start being a spiritual practitioner, either personally or professionally, my course will teach you everything that you need to know to get going, develop your own systems and methods. Um, you're going to get a lot of different ancient ideologies in there, a lot of different philosophies, metaphysics, uh, mindset, meditation, yoga, all kinds of cool stuff in there to just really give you a well-rounded point of view and prepare you to move forward as a spiritual practitioner and make contact with your personal spiritual gifts. It is a fantastic course, literally five-star rated by every single person that's joined it. And I would really, really love to welcome you into it today. Um, adding new videos to it all the time. There's over 100 lessons in there already um, and more coming even this week. So please go check it out. Charisma Light Warrior Academy is making it possible for me to do this type of work on the afternoon live stream. So it's on my website, cubcooker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. Go check it out. I really appreciate it. Um, and by the way, you'll appreciate it too. Uh, everybody's just loving the course. So um, I've gotten so many good, good things as far as feedback with that. So um, Randy says, Jesus gives us the power to be sons of God. Uh, we clothe ourselves in his righteousness. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, because that being of Jesus is all of us, right? That being of the Christ energy is all of us. And so that's a beautiful, beautiful understanding. 
Um, let's see. The angels and all the generations of the powers will use the name in error, asking where did it, the error, come from, or where did the words of deception, which all the powers have failed to discover, come from? So that's really interesting. Um, we're talking about, you know, the great illuminator here, which I, I see as Jesus, um, and, and ultimately all of us, ultimately the truth of who we are. Um, the powers will not see it in their eyes, nor will they see the illuminator. Now, talking about the powers, the construct, that's your economic, your political, and your religious. Uh, that construct, the powers, are not going to see the illuminator, or they're going to demonize it, by the way. I mean, how many people throw the verse out there, you know, no wonder Satan clothes himself in light. Well, in the Old Testament, Yahweh clothes himself in light. He can take it on and off. He says he's the God of flesh. He dwells in darkness. He unalives millions. And then you have the Lucifer character in just a very, very small part that has been taken and run with as somehow Lucifer is a bad thing. And ultimately, that Lucifer, the light bearer, oh, how far you have fallen, morning star, son of the dawn, shining one. Um, think about that. What are the shining ones? They're the, the star seeds, the light workers, the extraterrestrial beings, the spiritual beings, whatever you want to call them, interdimensional beings that came down to illuminate that were there from the beginning, the eternal ones that are in the eternal God. By the way, all of us. Um, and that's why I can easily talk about and tie Jesus to these fallen angels that we've heard about, these watchers, because ultimately what's a fallen angel? It's a lowered in vibration uh, angel or shining one. And so if you look at that, Jesus lowered himself in vibration to us to bring us a message, uh, just like we see even in the Bhagavad Gita with Krishna being able to manifest in the 3D um, but be the supreme being. And so uh, ultimately that's how, uh, how, we, how we are. That's where we are. So um, let's see. Sounds like a well-rounded course. Angel says, yes, absolutely it is. Uh, honestly, I've, I've been making courses for years. Um, this is by far the most successful one, by far the most well-rounded one, and by far the one that really remains in a place of pointing you inward and helping you find your path, not mine. I'm literally helping you define your processes, your paths, your understandings, and it's a really, really cool method that I use in there. So um, let's see. I'm hoping to jump on board with Charisma. Your opinion, what should I start with first? Uh, so Charisma is kind of laid out in, uh, there's the Charisma Light Warrior Academy, um, and it's kind of a bundle. It includes Charisma Light Warrior Framework. It includes... Um, a whole course on source, a course on um, illumination, a course on um, manifesting. Um, it's really, really cool. There's a lot of different parts to it. And ultimately, I don't think you can go wrong starting anywhere in it, whatever resonates with you. But it is all meant to be like consumed as a whole, if that makes sense. So um, just like anything, you know. Um, is it better? What part of the Bible is better to read? Well, all of it. What part of the Bhagavad Gita is better to read? Well, all of it. What part of the Gnostic text is better to read? Well, all of it, you know. So, you know, in, in that light, I think take all of it with an understanding. And, and ultimately, I tell people pace yourself. Don't try to do more than one lesson a day. Um, and so that's that will keep you at a good pace. It's meant to be a daily bite, like a daily thing. The lessons are between three and 10 minutes long. So, uh, a couple of them dip into the 20 minutes, but I really try to keep those limited so that you're not, you know, burning a ton of your day. And they're very focused on doing something in your life to activate your understanding of it. So uh, Quantum says, is your course for pre-awakened audience or post-awakened? It's actually for both. And, and I really, really mean that. So um, if you're like thinking about deconstructing, it's great. It's going to be trickier and a little more challenging for you. If you're already deconstructed and awakened, it's going to be a great place to just really lean into it. So I would, I honestly think somebody could go through it pre-awakened, awaken while they're going through it, and then re-go through it uh, as an awakened being and really, really like start that walk, like really double down on, on understanding that and seeing things everywhere and in the construct and understanding themselves and others and, and really tying everything together. So 
I mint it all to be evergreen, by the way. It's not like time sensitive or anything like that, but I do add to it all the time. I intend for there to be, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of videos in it. So um, I want it to be the most comprehensive, complete course and framework to exploring your consciousness, building and developing your own spiritual practice, everything obviously inspired by ancient mysticism, um, specifically, you know, Eastern mysticism, some Gnosticism, stuff like that. Uh, but really just my experience put into that, uh, from a very creative point of view, a lot of like the challenges are based on creating something. So that's, that's really, really a cool, a cool part of it. So, um, Randy says, I don't understand just believing part of the Bible. Uh, I believe it all or it would, um, or I would believe none. Yeah, and I mean, that's, you know, here's the deal. I believe everything I read. I believe the Bhagavad Gita. I believe the Apocalypse of Adam. I believe the Bible. Um, I don't believe the narrative that I'm told about it. I try to understand what I read based on putting yourself in the time and the place and the shoes of, you know, every mythology is written from the point of view of the people, uh, the people's God, if you will. Um, and so like, that's how I approach it is, you know, I believe it all, but I just don't believe what I've been told about it or the narrative that's been spun around it. So I have to make my own understanding of it. And I think we all should ultimately, but just my opinion. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I am, uh, asks, how long did it take you to realize that you are the God that you seek? Um, that's, that's been a hard one that, that was one that started in 2020, um, and realizing that I am quite literally a part of the Supreme being and I'm experiencing all of this through my ego, through this three dimensional timeline, that's been weird. It's a trippy place to be ultimately. Um, and, and there's a lot of comfort sucked out of that until it comes back in, in waves like that. I think ultimately, like I realized how comforted I needed to be based on constructing my own build guide type understanding. And, and why do we have millions of gods? Cause we need them, right? Like we needed them at some point we needed to be comforted. We needed to be blessed. We needed to have rain. We needed to have whatever. Um, and so that's why there's so many manifestations of it. And even in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, you're not offending me by asking me to manifest as my multi-armed deity or as the one that's this psychedelic representation of millions of tongues and eyes of fire. Like, you're not offending me asking me because I'm all powerful. I can do anything I'm in and through all things. I am the Supreme being, um, and reminding us that, you know, that source is within all of us. And ultimately we're a piece of that super soul. Right. Um, so interesting, uh, fellow, what's up? How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm going through a lot of challenges in my life, like homelessness and not wanting to work uh, for money. Hey, I, I understand that my friend. And I, I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, the internet is a great thing. Um, I'm not big on manual labor either. Um, because ultimately I feel like I have a purpose to do this type of thing. And I really want to share that with people. Now it doesn't mean that I won't work hard. Um, but with that said, you know, prayers for you. Um, and there's a lot of really cool tools available to uh, generate income right now. So including the interwebs, um, there's all kinds of different, different stuff out there. I'm not an expert on any of that, but I do know that where there's a will, there's a way. And uh, whenever you find a divine purpose that uh, source shows up with all the resources you need, it's like a universal law. So um, again, prayers for you, my friend, and I'm sorry to hear that, but um, but I do believe if you keep seeking, you will find a way, uh, you find what we, we find what we seek. Right. So, um, but yeah, like literally, um, if, if you have, obviously you have a, a phone connection, so there's, there's a lot of cool ways to do that. So, um, let's see, uh, quantum says, do you still pray post awakening? If so, how often? Oh yeah, I pray every morning. Absolutely. Um, because for me, prayer is you're speaking something, you're feeling something, you're engaging, um, of course I pray to source, I pray to the Supreme being father, mother, um, realizing I am the child. Um, and so I really, of course, yeah, I definitely do. And now it's probably not your Christian prayer version, but, um, it's definitely a feeling prayer. And definitely I do lay out my requests very clearly before God, because it's important for me 
to come into agreement with that too, whether it's my higher self or the universe or God, whatever you want to call it. For me, it's the supreme being. And as I lay those requests out, I also feel into the gratitude. Um, I, I'd spend a lot of time, you know, sun, um, standing in the sun and just soaking in, uh, any light codes, whatever I can, you know, from that. So now I'm not very, what you would call ritualistic about it. Um, I am in the fact that I do it every morning, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the same time and place. Like I'm not that dogmatic about it. So, um, let's see, do I know anything about the ancient Israelites in these times? Um, Honestly, I don't. I got really into Hebrew roots for a long time, and uh, I didn't ultimately find what I was looking for there. I know, I know, some people do, but personally, I just didn't. Um, and so, honestly, I don't have a lot of that. There's a lot of people that have a great, great handle on that. In fact, there's a there's a rabbi on TikTok that has a really, really good understanding of that, um, and and I do like a lot of his work. We don't see eye to eye on everything specifically the Gnosticism stuff, but, um, but you know, it's all love. It's all love guys. So, uh, to finish this out before we get into this, I'm going to get into this in the morning. We're actually going to look at the 12 kingdoms and how the 12 kingdoms are a part of this. Now think about the 12 kingdoms, think about 12 realms, think about 12, um, you've got the 12 disciples, 12 tribes, um, this is kind of an important number when you get into a lot of these ancient texts. So this is pretty cool. It says, now the first kingdom says of him that he came from blank, a spirit, blank to heaven. He was nourished in the heavens. He received the glory of that one and the power. He came to, to the bosom of his mother, and thus he came to the water. Again, ties in with what Jesus talked about. You must be born again, uh, born of the water, like it's it's all here guys lots of deep esoteric symbolism here and um i'm going to stop there because we are going to get into like the rest of these kingdoms there's 12 of them here that go through the rest of this text um before this text kind of concludes with some really interesting revelations um uh, so don't miss out on the rest of the study um i split these up into parts because there's just a lot to talk around um so anyway but Hey, what's up? Uh, yeah, so the uh, what's up? My um, my nephew's on here. Uh, so somebody else said that that's TikTok, and in fact, this microphone's not even plugged into that. TikTok and Facebook are just uh, raw audio from the devices. This is going straight to the podcast platform over on the new YouTube podcast platform, as well as Apple, Spotify. So if you guys want the good audio, it's here. Apparently, TikTok is echoing for some goofy reason today. But most people said it wasn't echoing. Somebody else said it was. So I don't know why. Sorry, y'all, on TikTok. There's literally nothing plugged into it. It's a brand new iPad, so I have no idea what's going on with that. Must be a TikTok thing today. So my apologies about that. But thank you guys for the love and support. Um, I'll take a couple more questions here before I jump off. Um, let's see. Da -da -da -da. Yeah, Randy says, must be born of spirit. We're all born of water. Yeah, absolutely, my friend. Um, da, 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 da. I think I missed some questions on here. <laughs> Bethany Walker says, that's where I am right now, trippy. Yeah, totally understand, totally understand. Um, so, yeah, Born of Water, J.A. Blackburn says, so Born of Water is like being, it's, the, it's talking about reincarnation. It's talking about coming into the 3D realm through the water, the birth canal, right? Um, and a lot of us, you know, they have the whole baptismal construct as well. And so that's been a big tradition. Now I do believe, you know, water carries vibrations, stuff like that. When you're in the water and you say something over someone, uh, there's like some, you know, transmission of energy there, obviously. Um, yeah, baptism. Absolutely. So, um, you know, with that, you know, Jesus ultimately said to be born of spirit. He said, my father is in spirit and in truth. Um, and so we see that that's not like the, the, um, the God that we're talking about in this text, Sakla, Yahweh, Yaldabaoth, the Demiurge, all the same name, by the way, all the same character. If you really start reading these texts, then you go, whoa, wait a minute. This is literally all the same character. By the way, Enlil, 
from the Sumerian texts. I mean, it, it's it's all there, guys. It's wild when you start getting into this and you realize that what we genuinely and generally consider God is ultimately this evil creator God that trapped us in a matrix system. The Matrix movies talk about it. There's lots of different movies that talk about it. Um, ultimately, it comes from the idea that we were lowered in vibration. We were ultimately spiritual beings connected to source perfectly and divinely. We're literally the child of the divine feminine and the divine masculine part of the Godhead, split into millions of pieces, lowered into vibration um, over time and space, which gives us the illusion of separateness, even though we know in our heart of hearts, we know um, from the sages, the prophets, the ancients, that we are all connected, we are all one. And even Jesus himself said that we are all a part of his body or that Christ consciousness or that one supreme being, right? And you get into the Hinduism and you understand uh, the Brahman, the Atman, and the self. That's kind of the trinity in the Hindu uh, tradition is the Brahman is that masculine power. The Atman is that feminine receipt and awareness of that power. And the self ultimately is that soul identity as part of the one um, and so it's a beautiful beautiful thing but uh, so who's the one we don't know it, it, there's no name um, you know in fact a lot of times when it says God most high it's actually talking about the God that would park himself up in the air above our planet um, or you know in the minds of people whatever you want to consider it as uh, but the supreme being is kind of the commonly agreed upon term especially within the eastern tradition for it so um uh jay blackburn says so you don't believe in creation uh genesis okay so jay blackburn go back about 12 to 20 episodes and start watching my whole series on um the sumerian tablets the enuma elish and then we get into this yeah i definitely believe in creation but I do believe that there's an energetic creation with beautiful beings that are in a completely different realm, a different vibration, a different dimension, um, and that we are made by extraterrestrial maker gods or spiritual entities, whatever you want to view it as. For me, they look a lot like extraterrestrials in how they manifest on the planet. Even Yahweh came down in fire and smoke on Mount Sinai the burning bush, you have orbs that literally go through the sacrifice that Abraham made. Um, this is too many paranormal things. It sounds exactly like what our farmers see out in the middle of Utah. You know, uh, it, come on. Like, it, I don't know. It just, it all connects. So, um, so with that, yes, I believe in like the creation narrative, but in a bit of a different version of it. It's more of the version of that the creation was, um, you know, Garden of Eden, according to the Sumerian tablets or the the seven tablets of creation, the Enuma Elish was uh, more of like a breeding farm that Adam and Eve were stuck in to perfect a genome that would serve under slavery under um, the the god Marduk, um, and then you have other gods around that or what we would call Elohim. Um, and then here we're seeing that there is ultimately a creator God named Sakla who is evil. Um, and, and by the way, it, it's not always just evil. It's, it's dualistic and there's no dualism in God. God is not light and dark. God is light. Jesus says that my father, um, and my father is in truth and spirit. The day will come when you will worship him in truth and spirit. In fact, that day is now. Uh, then later on in the New Testament, it talks about God is light. In him is no darkness at all. Uh, I think it's in 1 John, if I remember correctly. So um, how do I come to these conclusions? I read. I seek. And by the way, I'm willing to be completely wrong. And I don't think it threatens my salvation if I'm wrong or if I question things or if I seek deeply I have no fear of that. I had to get rid of fear. And a lot of people hear my message and then they they go, well, that's really uncomfortable. I don't know if I like that. I don't. That doesn't make me feel good. And a lot of people go, oh my gosh, your message is beautiful and it's true and I've been there and I understand it. So it literally is your point of view. If you're open-minded, open heart, open mind, and you're not afraid to be wrong and afraid to seek and learn and ultimately become an initiate in these mysteries, then it's a beautiful place to be. So 
How do I lose fear though? That's a great, great question. Ultimately, I got really freaking tired of it. Really, I got tired of it controlling my life, my finances, my location, my relationships, my health, my mindset, my potential. And I got really pissed off that fear was just controlling every decision that I made in life. And I finally said, it, I'm done. I finally said, forget it, I'm done. Um, I'm going to deconstruct from everything so that I can find the root of this, heal my trauma, figure out how to move forward as the individual that I am, knowing that I'm not even the individual I think I am, and be uncomfortable for a season of my life in order to find some true, authentic form of life. And ultimately, I've had tastes of it and I'm continuing on that path. And it's not always easy. There's days where fear rears its ugly head and I have to go, why? Why again? Why would I trade worrying, fear, anxiety for beauty and repose and no judgment and um, I'm just going to sit with no expectations, open to all that God has for me? That's the, hard, that's, that's the hardest thing to do. And ultimately, it's the only thing to do for me. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Great point, Tommy Lee says. Everything we say is wrong in a way. There's always another perspective. That exactly right there is one of the psychological understandings that led me to deconstruct because it's all in the eye of the beholder. And I wanted to sit in a place in my life where I could sit in truth, not opinion not point of view now i share a lot of my opinion and point of view on here and i i say it that way because i'm not here to tell you you can't look at my life and go i have to do things like cub or cub said this because ultimately it's not going to serve you you have to go through it yourself you have to make the sacrifice in your life to deconstruct you have to go through the season of burnishing your soul you have to burn karma you have to do it yourself i literally can't do it for you and a lot of people try to make Jesus the, oh, he burned all my karma. He fixed everything for me. Ultimately, he taught us the way. You know, he, he told the, the rich man, go home, sell everything to the money to the poor and pick up your cross and follow me. Like, that was the way to burn that karma and go after what he knew was spiritual gold. Um, and it's different for all of us, by the way. But we have a lot of clues to what that looks like. The Bhagavad Gita has a lot of clues. Eastern mysticism has a lot of clues on what does that look like. And ultimately, it's that yogic lifestyle. And I'm not talking about Western yoga where you go into a hip-hop studio in bright pink clothing. I'm talking about the life of a yogi where everything you see is divine. Everything you encounter is divine. Every person, every plant, every animal is all divine. And that is literally how Jesus lived literally how he lived he hated the sacrifices he released all the animals out of the temple he hated the fact that people were paying for salvation he obviously used money i mean he had to eat and live and they went and traded things and sold things and they did miracles and people gave alms and stuff like that but ultimately he sat in a place where there was no expectation he was just fully engaged and committed to his life's work and that's what i try to do and ultimately if we all did a little more of that I think these apps prove that we want to be in agreement. We want to love each other. And I think lately I've been seeing a lot more of that, even though they want to tell us that we don't have that lately. I've been seeing a lot more of that. So, um, bless you guys for that. Thank you. Um, amen. Absolutely. Uh, click fillet says, uh, LLW says would love to see your bookshelf. Yeah, I've got, uh, everything that's on my bookshelf is in my Amazon shop on my website, cubcooker.com, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. That's where you can find everything. If you want to support me too, um, stars are great. Tips are great on TikTok. Super thanks are great over on YouTube. You can even give a one-time donation on the podcast app platforms through Spotify, Apple, all of that. Also, if you want to support me directly, you can hit up the website and give a one-time $5 tip. Just say thank you. Those go directly to me, and I really, really appreciate every single one. It's just a tip for these videos that I'm doing saying, hey, thanks, great job. Um, and so I did that on the website too. For those of you that want to keep it more decentralized where you're not supporting the platforms but the creators, I really appreciate that. So thank you guys. Thank you for the tip there, by the way. 
Um, what's up, who thou art? Thanks for being here, my friend. Um, let's see. Thank you for the roses. Thank you guys over here for the stars. Caesar, what is up, my friends? Uh, Carl Thomas says, I learned uh, more from Hindu and Dharma about the super consciousness that helped me understand Jesus more. Yes. Dude, that was really like my place of like jumping off. I did Gospel of Thomas, which helped me go, okay, I don't know everything. And and everything I'm looking for is not in the Bible. Um, and so the Gospel of Thomas just completely broke open my consciousness and led me to where I was even open to receiving the Bhagavad Gita which has been a huge, huge pinnacle in my life of understanding of truth. Um, I don't think I would even be able to understand things like A Course in Miracles had I not gone through the Bhagavad Gita because like, ultimately it lays things out so beautifully where I can like, like visually, creatively, and tangibly understand what we're talking about with all of this. And so uh, that's really, um, that's kind of how I, I approach it. Who thou art? Yes, I have. Um, it's some interesting stuff. I'm not hugely into hermeticism. Um, I think there's some good stuff in it, but ultimately, I think it kind of leads back around. Um, it led me back around to the same loops I was already in, like with the uh, religious aspects. Uh, I don't know. That was just it, it. Didn't resonate with me. There's nothing wrong. I don't. I mean, I'm not saying that. I don't know a lot about it, other than I started reading it. And it just didn't resonate with me. So uh, the hermetic principles are really interesting. I think they're beautiful. But again, uh, I was looking for something a bit more simple, a bit more um, away from, I think, how I was raised. And so going into the Eastern mysticism has ultimately been like, I love yoga and meditation. I will practice that the rest of my life. It has been the thing that has helped me find some peace and joy in my life and um, some bliss and just really find those moments that I'm looking for and get through so many things. It's been one of the best tools I've found. Um, and ultimately, like, it's the Bhagavad Gita. I'm probably going to keep reading it this whole year, like every month, just to really digest it and understand what it's talking about. So. Uh, have I read Gary? No, I haven't. Uh, I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. Uh, Jesus loved it too. Those who know, know. Yeah, absolutely. Quantum Christ. Yeah. If you know, you know, if you know, Jesus was a yogi, you know, um, and he becomes less of a religious figure and more of, um, more of a yogi, more of a guru. Like it's, and that, that's why I'm a devotee of him. That's why I find him beautiful and transcendent and obviously i think and i fully believe in my heart he went to india and nepal during the time he was you know not written about within the biblical canon maybe even went there after uh they tried to unalive him whether you believe they did and he ascended or you believe they tried and he survived it i don't it doesn't matter to me because his message is still true for me so uh whatever but um, most of my breakthrough moments came through Eastern philosophies. Yeah. Logic queen. Absolutely. Um, and so it's, I've got a Pajmita rug where, it, oh yeah, it's behind me here. Uh, beautiful, beautiful rug here, um, that I bought when I was first getting into it. Um, and I just love it. I love the pattern. It's been very, very calming for me. I think that that's where I like it is because it's calming. Um, it's not about dogma. It's not about you have to do this or that. It's about like, find your bliss. And by the way, bliss to someone who doesn't understand it is not like, it's not like winning the lottery, uh, spiritually kind of thing. It's this like perfect transcendent thread that runs through your life where you just know that you're connected to all things. And like you see God in everything and no moment of your life is without meaning. And for me, that's yeah. Inner peace. Absolutely. Um, and MC Yogi is one of my favorite, favorite musicians. He's got a song with Trevor Hall, another one of my favorite musicians called Road Home, if you guys want to go check that out. He talks about uh, that he realized there was a culprit at the pulpit and that the church couldn't handle the light from his candle, so he traveled east. And like that, literally that song hit me at a time in my life when I was, when I went through Gospel of Thomas and went, holy moly, there's a lot more here than I've been willing to receive like there's a whole nother yeah autobiography of a yogi is another must read and uh yogananda is bob peck talks a lot about yogananda bob peck's another friend of mine kind of in my creator circle here along with yoga the one mind 
uh, Daniel Tyak, Truth That Travels. We've got a lot of cool people in here. So you guys go check out all of those because um, love, love, love our little creator circle here. So thank you guys who are a part of that. But uh, Logic Queen says, that's a really beautiful, Cub, uh, how you express your perspective. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. And thank you all for joining today. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Um, I missed a lot of comments on Facebook. Sorry, they're small on the iPhone. Um, thank you guys on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. You guys are the audio, the audio land. Thank you for being here. This has been the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. We're on episode 189 right now. Thank you guys. We're about to hit 200 probably within a week or so. Two a day. 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, all live and redistributed for your listening convenience. So thank you guys for being here. I love you all. Have a beautiful afternoon. Thank you for the support. You guys that hit up my website and join any of the programs or the patron community, thank you. I will personally welcome you over there. I appreciate you and love you. Have a beautiful afternoon. Peace. <laughs>